Hey, good morning. I uh, sure hope you're doing well. Uh, I just want to say one other thing about this, uh, this new series starting next week called Meat and Potatoes. So here's where this is coming from. In Scripture, it talks about a person's walk with God, and it says some people are on milk and some people are on, on meat. And so milk is the idea that to kind of a, um, an early stage of walking with God. But the majority of Scripture is actually actually points to the second part of walking with God, which is where we start partaking of meat. So if the early stage is like salvation, like where Jesus saves you, from then on it's about holiness and about being kind of made like, made like Jesus and like we were originally created to be made. So that's what that whole second stage is about. So we're going to start this year, uh, this ministry year, by looking at meat and potatoes. And not just that, we're doing something we're calling a second helping of meat and potatoes. And so my friend and mentor, uh, Bob Black, will be speaking on Wednesday night for those that want to go even deeper uh, in their relationship with God and, uh, and explore what holiness is all about. So that's starting next week. And also, how cool that the team put like recipes on the back of those things. Isn't that pretty neat? I mean, well, it is for me. What's wrong with you people? I mean, you've got banana pudding and pork tenderloin. That's pretty awesome. So uh, let me have a word of prayer, and then I'll, I'll share with you what's on my heart today. Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity to be with these folks. And, and Lord, um, I, my prayer is the same thing that it is every week. And it's simply this. Uh, when we leave this place, no matter where we are with you, whether we're still kind of just investigating you, whether we're kind of skeptical, um, whether we're here because we have to be, or whether we've walked with you for a long time, when we leave this place, we just want to be more like you. Um, and the way we love, the way we lead our lives, the way we see ourselves, the way we see the world and our role in it, we just want to be more like you. So, Lord, for some of us, that will be a tweak, maybe in how we parent, how we love our spouses, maybe how we do single life, um, maybe how we raise our kids, or maybe it's a tweak in how we see ourselves. Some of us, Lord, it's, it's a major overhaul, and, um, and we need you to come in in a major way right now. So uh, I pray you just have your way. Hide me deep in your cross, and let us leave here totally in love with you and committed to be more like you. In your name, amen. Uh, well, again, glad you're here, and um, I just kind of wanted to start out today uh, with playing a couple of sound bites, and so it's going to be like audience participation sort of thing, and so here's what I need you to do. I'm going to play sound bite, and when you know it, you holler. If you're not from the South, that means you yell out, okay? So that's kind of what I want you to do. I want you to holler, okay, when, when you know what the sound bite is, and so we'll start with this first one. You recognize it, holler. Ooh. Okay, yeah, that's good. I should have been more, holler what it is. I mean, that would kind of be, <laughs> okay, I'm at a rodeo. So let's just holler what it is. But you are correct. Uh, it is Andy Griffith. It is Andy Griffith, if you don't know that. So let me try something a little more current, not much, but let's try this one. Rocky, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. If you haven't seen it, they're making a new one. I don't know. There's six of them out there. I don't know. Okay, this one's going to be really tough, uh, but I'm going to give it a whirl. See if you can find this one. Okay, yeah, that, that, what was it? That's the tiger rag. And by the way, that's the most animated I've ever seen some of you in, in church. I mean, that was it right there. That was it, tiger rag, okay? So, all right, so I'm going to try one more. This one you may not know, but just listen all the way through, and I'll, I'll tell you. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows Nobody? my sorrow. Nobody just released this is the brand-new Carolina Gamecock theme song this year. If you're a Carolina fan, by all means, send an email to I don't care at alivewesting.com, okay? 
All right, let's try some people. Let's try some people. See if you reckon, if you know, see if you know this actor. Ah, oh, doggone, I gave that away. This historian. Okay, so let's play it. I'll be back. Yeah, that's the Arnold. That's exactly right. That's Arnold. Okay, uh, this one's going way back. <clears throat> see if you know this one. Go ahead. Make my day. That's Clint Eastwood, last great American hero right there. Clint Eastwood, that's exactly right. All right, this one's really tough, so, so listen in, and, and as soon as you know it, holler out. It's where I walked. It's where I ran. It's where I cried. All right, how many of you got Morgan Freeman? Yeah, actually, you're all wrong. It's um, Frank Caliendo doing Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Let's stand for closing prayer. <laughs> it's been good. Well, the reason I've kind of taken you through this exercise is this. As I think about the times of my life when I'm shook, and I'm still trying to figure out what that means because I've passed the age bracket. But anyway, when my life has been rattled to its bones, if you will, and that's as best as I understand it, when I'm kind of scared or anxious or um, uncertain or out of control, and I feel like I'm walking through some game-changing season, and I feel totally helpless, totally out of control, there is one thing for me in those seasons, as I thought about closing this series we just come through, there's one thing that is of utmost supreme essential significance to me, and you know what it is? It's this. When I feel shook, I want to hear God's voice, and I don't want there to be any question that it's God's voice. So when I'm, now please understand, because when I'm talking about when life has me shaking, when I'm like not sure I can get out of bed, or when I'm afraid to go into whatever situation, I want to know I can hear God's voice. And I know it's his voice, not Frank Caliendo doing Morgan Freeman. I want to know the real deal, and I want to know it's the real deal. When I feel confused, I want to hear God's direction. No one else's. When I feel afraid, I want to hear God's comfort. And when I feel questioning, I want to hear God's assurance. And, and when I have questions, when I'm doubting, I want to hear God's clarity. That's what I want as I walk with God and, and in times of life when I'm kind of shook. And so the common theme for me as I think about how to wind this thing up, when I feel shook, the common theme for me is this. I want to hear God's voice and know it. Know it's his voice. Now, if you're with me so far, that leads to this question that I think is of utmost importance, and it's simply this. Do I know God's voice? Enough that I'm willing to bet the farm. Enough that I'm willing to make the decision to accept the calling, to marry, to not marry that, or her, or him, or whatever. Do I know God's voice. And to be honest with you, over the summer, for me, there was this sort of disconnect between the messages that Alive was we were doing and my experience. Because through the summer we did, you know, uh, you're not going to believe it or whatever, you know, um, with the amazing stories of all these incredible people in the old scripture, in the Old Testament. And, um, and all that kind of happened. But there was a disconnect for me because my experiences weren't the same as, as those. I mean, if I get swallowed by a whale and then I'm vomited up on the shore, I'm going to recognize that's not an ordinary day, okay? That's probably someone trying to get my attention. If I get thrown into some lion's den somewhere and all of a sudden, like, I, I, the lions don't eat me, I don't know what that looks like. But anyway, I mean, I, I'm going to recognize, well, that's probably, if an earthquake and the voice says, hey, Tom, go forth, you know, then I'm probably going to hear that. But that's not what God has done in my life so far. Is that fair? That's not how God usually speaks to me. If I'm out on the farm mowing some grass and I look up on the side of a hill and there's a bush that burns but doesn't burn up and then you go speak to it and the, verse, the bush speaks back, I'm going to know that's God. But I haven't had too many burning bush experiences in my life. My, my experience tends to be a little more subtle when God's speaking to me about something. 
And I, I don't want to communicate to the alive community that you're not hearing from God unless you've got some burning bush, earthquake, lightning bolt experience. Because I don't believe it. God's never spoken to me through a burning bush or a big fish or a lightning bolt or an earthquake and shut the lion's den. There's a couple board meetings, but there really wasn't like a lion's den thing. It was just kind of grumpy people, you know. But I'll go even further. At the risk of offending some of you in the room, I'm sure, I don't mean to, but, but I'll just say for me, I get uncomfortable when people come up to me and they say, hey, Tom, God sent me a pigeon, and the pigeon said to tell you. And I'm like, well, God told me you need medication, you know, because I'm not sure that's exactly what, that's, that's, that's not how it works. See, I have a gift of skepticism. God gave that to me, I hope. And so I get uncomfortable, you know, and, and so a lot of times people come up and, you know, and you know this, you know, like people at family reunions, and I, f- I feel God speak, told me to ask you to give me $20. <laughs> wow, that's amazing because God told me this morning some idiot was going to come up and ask me for $20 and said not to give it. You know, that's kind of how I feel or God put it on my heart. And I know God does that. I know he does, but I get uncomfortable. So there are two ends of the spectrum, just being honest with you. On one end, I get uncomfortable with people who believe they have this hotline to God that no one else has. But if God has something he wants to share with me, I kind of want to (laughs) know what that is. So how do we know we're actually hearing from God, especially in those times when we feel shook, when we're rattled to our core, quaking in our fears or our doubts or insecurities or our uncertainties? How do we know? How, how can we know? And we're not just hearing like someone's agenda for our lives. How, how can it be real? Or, or not just bad advice or, or bad pizza. How, how do we know we're not conjuring up the whole thing? Because here's my premise today. It's It's this. I think everybody can hear God. I think everybody and anybody can hear God's voice. And we try to spend the rest of my time trying to convince you that that's, that's true. In the Old Testament, there's a story of a woman named Hannah. And Hannah is struggling with what a good many folks that are alive have struggled with over the years. And that is, um, she was barren. She wanted a child and, and she, she just couldn't get a child. And so uh, Hannah had this prayer over and over and over. They'd go to the temple and she had the same prayer whenever she went to the temple. Lord, I want a kid. Eventually, Hannah makes this promise to the Lord. It's told in 1 Samuel chapter 1 if you want to follow along sometime or, or read it for yourself later. O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery, she's talking about herself, and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I'm going to give him back to you for all the days of his life. That was the promise. Well, apparently God heard this prayer. And, um, and so she ends up having this son, and she names him Samuel, which means God has heard, which means God has heard. So once Samuel is weaned, and he's most likely somewhere around three years old, Hannah follows through on her vow, and we actually have that story told in Scripture as well. This is from chapter 1, verse 27, and this is what Hannah said. She takes him, he's three years old, and basically what she's doing, uh, especially you moms, she's dropping him off at the temple, and she'll come and visit him once a year or so. So I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him, so now I'm going to give him to the Lord for his whole life. He'll be given over to the Lord, and he won't live with me. He'll go live there. And then if you want to know what she's feeling, I don't have time, but you can go back and read 1 Samuel chapter 2. It's her prayer after she dropped off her kid at the temple. It's pretty cool. 
So then Samuel's living in the temple, and now he's like 12 years old. He's kind of like a little uh, a temple errand boy kind of thing. He does all kinds of things in the temple. And now he's 12 years old. He goes to bed, and this is what happens. Samuel's lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and the Lord called Samuel. Who called Samuel? Lord. Samuel says, here I am. And then he ran to Eli. He said, hey, Eli, here I am. You call me. Now, Eli is the old dude in the temple. He's kind of in charge of everything there at the temple. And so naturally Samuel thought Eli was calling out. So Eli said, I didn't call you, boy. Go back and lay down and don't wake me up again because that's what parents do. But anyway, that, that, that happened. Well, this scenario happened two more times. Samuel would go back, go to bed. He'd hear this voice, you know, hey, Samuel. And Samuel would say, here I am. And he'd go running into Eli's room. And Eli said, go to bed, boy. You're starting to bother me. Then the third time, it goes like this. Samuel, this is the, did not yet know the Lord. Now, this is big. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. Samuel got up, went to Eli. Eli said, here I am, you call me. Then Eli said, ah, this is what's happening. The Lord's calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go lie down. If you hear that voice again, then just say this. Speak, Lord, for your servant is. So Samuel went, laid down in his bed. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. This is, a, this, is, this is monstrous. Did all the dynamics here. God is speaking. Listen to this. But Samuel is still too young and doesn't know it's the Lord speaking. So what that means, if that transfers to my life and your life, Apparently, God can be speaking, and you and I don't even know it's him. Isn't that the bomb diggity? Apparently, God could be speaking to us, and we don't know. Eli, the one who's more experienced in the Lord, finally understands what's happening. And so he says to Samuel to do something that I think is kind of a lost art in our culture, He says, listen, listen. And I wonder how many times in my life I've sort of missed out on this because I don't listen well. Stephen Covey wrote this. He said, most people don't listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. If you're kind of more on my wavelength, the late great theologian John Wayne, he said this to a person who wasn't too great on listening. He said, you're short on ears and long on mouth. I got to tell you, I think God might see me like that sometimes. I know he sees some of y'all like that, but I mean, I think sometimes he sees, sees me like that. Isn't it true? Isn't it true? My gracious. In fact, I wonder if God sees the church like that sometimes because everybody wants to be heard in our culture and our society. And, and so being heard makes us feel like we're all making a difference and like our lives matter. So how many likes and how many followers and how many shares all mean we matter We all want to be heard, but it's interesting to me when it comes to hearing the voice of God, the emphasis in this passage is to listen. 
So people will take these long walks in the woods and work hard to conjure up a feeling or a set of goosebumps and think, oh, I'm hearing from God. But honestly, I wonder if we really are. I wonder if we think we're hearing from God, think we're hearing Morgan Freeman, but all the while it's Frank Caliendo. It is possible to think we're hearing from God, but really, it's not God. And when I'm shook, when my life is rattled to its core, no games, no false pretense, just rattled to the core of my, I don't want any doubts or questions about who's speaking to me. I don't want to wonder if it's God or if it's bad pizza. And so there are all kinds of ways I think people hear from God, and I encourage you to explore those ways. I think those are awesome. But what I want to offer today is this. I just want to offer you what I would suggest is the foundational component to hearing from God so that everybody can walk out of this room and say, I know how to hear from God. That's kind of what I want to go after. And the way I want to present the foundational component is through a caution. So see, let me share the caution, see if you agree with me, it's this. Whatever you think God is telling you will never contradict what God has already told you in Scripture. This is big. This is big. Because it's a common experience for my world for people to come and approach me and say, hey, I want some time. Can I talk to you? And, and basically what the conversation is, they want to sort of justify something they are doing that's breaking the heart of God. And they'll say, Tom, God told me this is okay for me because God wants me to be happy. And I hope that's true. I, I, I like the idea that God wants us all to be happy. I do. But I don't think he'll do that at a cost of contradicting what he's already said in his scripture. So I marvel at this dynamic. People will come, hey, Tom, it's it's more and more. People come and say, Tom, God just wants us to be together. Uh, God wants us to live together for a while because he wants me to try it out because we want to have a healthy marriage. And if we haven't tried it out, I don't know if we're really going to be married. God wants me to experiment as much as I can sexually so that when I'm married, I can have all that behind me. You know, that's kind of what God wants. God wants me to serve as kind of the judge for my family and my wife and my children and and for everybody I worship with too. You know, that's kind of what my role is. God wants me to do that because he speaks to me. And I'll ask them every time that happens and people approach me this, hey, let me ask you something. Where did you learn about that God? That one you're speaking about there. Where did he come from? And they'll say, well, of course I learned about him in scripture. You know, the Bible says, you know, blah, 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 blah. I say, okay. So one time I had a girl uh, come to my office and um, and I'm not proud of this moment, but I'm going to share it anyway, um, and, and, and maybe it will help. I don't know, but she made an appointment, and she wanted to talk to me, and I knew this girl. We were, we were friends, and, and, she, and she came to talk to me because she wanted to justify and uh, engage in a behavior that we both knew was contrary to what, a, what Scripture would teach. Does that make sense to everybody? And so um, it wasn't a question of whether or not it was in Scripture. She was just thinking that, you know, Tom, I know this is there. But God said to me, God spoke to me, and he, and he said this. And then she'd be able to do what she wanted to do. And so I got up, and I went across the office, and I grabbed my Bible, and then I stopped the desk drawer, I pulled out a pair of scissors, and I took it, and I, and I gave it back to her. I said, okay, here's what I'd like for you to do. What I would like for you to do is, if you could, cut out all the verses that we know are contrary to the behavior you think God just told you to do, But make sure you don't cut out anything that has anything to do about God, where you're learning your scripture from. 
and she left church. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, but it's also, it's also why I'm not allowed to counsel anymore. But I mean, my point, <laughs> it wasn't a great moment. Let me, let me summarize it this way. If you think the God of the universe has made you the exception or the loophole, you may want to check the ego, man. If you think the God of the universe put a, his system in place for all of the planet except you or except me, that's kind of a prideful thing to say, isn't it? Listen, I don't, I'm not your Holy Spirit. and Respectfully, you're not mine. And I, but we're, we're not the primary change agent in each other's lives. But the Holy Spirit does that. But here's my point. Don't expect God to speak to you in some personal burning bush experience that's contrary to what the Bible already teaches. It doesn't work that way. It, listen, it does not work that way. The New Testament actually warns us about this in the book of Hebrews. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets. By the way, this is what Samuel ends up being. At many times and in various ways. But in these last days, this is the days right now, the Holy Spirit has come. We're living in the days of the Holy Spirit. He has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The Son is actually the radiance of, it's not like a cheap imitation or like secondhand God or like the, the junior varsity God. It's the, the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. That's who the Son is. You want to know what God has to say to you when you're feeling shook? Look at Jesus. Dive into the deep end of Jesus through Scripture and do what Jesus would do. Read what Jesus would act, do, and say, and then do what Jesus would act, do, and say. God's always speaking to us through His Son and through His written revelation in Scripture. So Jesus is God's foundation in a world that will shake you up. Jesus ends up being the lighthouse and the anchor and the GPS and the runway lights and the North Star and whatever you want to use when life's storm is shaking you up. So here's why I say, everybody can hear from God. Everybody. And there's no legitimate excuse for any person who says they don't hear from God. When people say that to me, what I think they're really saying is, I'm not hearing from God what I want him to say. (laughs) Which leads, Tom, how can we be absolutely certain we're hearing from God? So I want to give you this two-step process that will guarantee, listen, this is a bold claim, with absolute certainty, you will hear from God. You ready? Here it is. Pick up a Bible and read it. You say, is that simple? Yeah, I think it is. If the Bible is the written revelation of God, then everything in it, there's not an an ounce of doubt that that's God's word to us. He's spoken through his word to us, and it's available to us. Let me tell you how this works. I was struggling about three or four weeks ago, I guess. Um, All kinds of things. You probably don't need all the details, but some things are happening in my life. It's causing me to feel kind of shook. I felt out of control. (laughs) I was facing things, to be honest. I was and still am a little afraid of. And on top of that, there was this mounting sense of being overwhelmed. There was a deep sadness in my life because my mom passed away this summer. And I mean, so Lisa and I had had these conversations, you know, it was like, I tell her, man, hon, I'm, I'm low today. I just feel low. Do I ever get out of this again? You know, we're just, just trying to figure this out. So, so I do what I do, or I did what I do every day, 
without exception, without fail, I picked up my Bible and I read it. And that particular morning, I was reading the book of Isaiah. Man, the first six chapters of Isaiah, my gracious, chapter six of Isaiah, that's my favorite passage. If you'd let me, I'd preach on that every week. I mean, that's just, I love that passage of scripture. And so I was reading the first six chapters, and then, and it's all about how Isaiah gets a fresh vision of who God is. Then chapters seven through 39 in the book, there's this one simple profound message over and over and over again. You know what it was, or is, I guess? It's this. God is sovereign, and God is trustworthy. So here I am, rattled to the core of my being, shook, scared to death, out of control, and I go to the scripture and read it, and God spoke to me in that moment. And essentially what he said was, dude, I got you and I got this. You tell him that's a stupid message. No, you're stupid. I mean, it was an amazing message. Man, guys, it it spoke to me. It blessed me. Are you with me? It made me understand that I wasn't alone. I actually just said, at least, at least, God just told me something. What did he say? Right here in Scripture. He says, I'm sovereign and I'm trustworthy. I got this and I got you. Babe. Yeah, just this. (laughs) Well, let me make it a little more complicated for you if I can because I don't think you all were as impressed with my incredible two ways to hear from God. So let me make it a little more complicated and here's what I would recommend to you. If you really are interested in hearing the voice of God on a routine basis in your life, first thing is I would say pick a Bible. What do you mean by that? Well, there are all kinds of flavors of scripture out there. There really are. Um, there's the New International, New American Standard, there's RSV, there's the message. I mean, there's all kinds of them out there. Sometimes what helps me is to change the, the translation I'm using. Um, sometimes it helps me to read a paraphrase like the message or something like that. Um, my go-to personally is the new international version. I, I read that all the time and I have since I was in college. Um, so that's my, that's my thing. And I have one consistent Bible that I tend to use in this. In fact, uh, Lisa just had a birthday and, uh, what we did for her is we sent off her Bible that she has used since, uh, college, high school, somewhere. We just sent out to have it rebound because, you know, she's been in it so much it's all falling apart. So anyway, pick a Bible. And he said, Tom, I don't have any money. Uh, just stop at the desk out here. They'll give you a Bible. Uh, or you can download the app. Um, it's the version app. Um, you can download that. All kinds of translations on that. I'll tell you what's really cool right now. Uh, the version people have actually put out another app um, that has this thing where you can take pictures and it will put scripture to that picture and give you all these options. So Around the office, we've been trying to stump it. That's all I'm going to say about that. But it is absolutely hilarious, and you should, you should engage in this behavior. Okay, second thing is this. Pick a Bible. Here's the second thing. Pick a time. It's your time that you will be with God that point in time. You will be. No compromise. Pick a Bible, pick a time, and then pick a place. I find it's good for people to have a regular place where they connect with God. Say, Tom, why do you? Well, here's the thing. I can drift. I can drift, and, and, and there's competing voices in my life that happen, and, and they all can sort of pull me off center in a very loud world. So what I've done, I hope, uh, will be helpful, is I actually have taken some pictures to show you very practically what this looks like in my life. So here's how this would look for me, okay? So at most mornings, uh, that's my visual. 
I know it's blurry, but I just woke up, okay? So that's kind of legit what that is. In fact, uh, they sent it, and it's like a, I sent it to the guys in the back, and they said, hey, you know, your, your alarm clock is blurry. Do you want us to get another picture? I said, no, that's real. That, that's it. Now, here's the other thing. I don't ever use an alarm, which may be surprising, but I have this, this internal clock that just wakes me up. So about seven, I'm up uh, regardless. And so I rarely ever use an alarm. But nonetheless, usually around seven o'clock, I'm going to stumble out of bed. And the first thing I do is find something spiritual. And so I get coffee. Oh, surprise, surprise. Go, Pat, go. But anyway, um, I get some coffee because I don't think anybody can be spiritual without it. And so this is nature's elixir, and now I'm going to hear about the God who created it. So that's kind of how this goes for me. Uh, and it's not just that. After this happens, then i got to deal with this situation. Um, this is Rosie, and um, Rosie is not even a year old. Uh, look at that. Don't be fooled. She's a criminal. I mean, this, this thing here, I mean, there's going to be... she. Have you ever noticed a dog forgets they just saw you? Like, you leave a room and you walk back in like, dog, oh, you're the best thing I've ever seen all day. You know, she's like, Lisa does that for me. But anyway, that's kind of like this whole thing. She's in the other service, thank the Lord. So, <laughs> and so Rosie will need some rawhide time. She'll need to wrestle and play a little bit. And then we got to take her outside because she's waiting for game day. And so we'll send her outside uh, and, and she has to do doggy things, you know, outside in the, in, in the front yard. So that's, once I get Rosie done, then this is where I end up. That's my chair. You say you have your own chair in the house? Duh. <laughs> yeah, I have my own chair in the house, and, and, and I do. I, this is my place. So anytime, Sunday, anytime, any day of the week, about 7, 10, 7, 15, I'm seated there. Seated. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm seated there, and across the room, that's Lisa's chair because that's a girl chair. You know, that's right. Boy chair, girl chair. And she's seated in that chair. If you'll notice, this is Lisa's time alone stuff right here. This is, I mean, she has books and files and, I mean, like, journals and, like, commentaries. And then this is mine. So if I'm going to study scripture, this is what it is. It's the Bible and, like, there'll be a book maybe. And that's about it. And this is what I'm doing. Right now I'm studying Isaiah. And so this is the book I'm using. Um, by the way, if you're into Bible study and you like Bible study, you don't know what to do, I'm a, I'm a Bible geek in that regard. Um, this is a great one. You can go to our social media. This is posted there. There's a link. You can t- tell you where to get it if you want to get it. But as I said, this is the Isaiah thing that I've been studying. This is the Bible I've been using since I was in college as a freshman. Same Bible, same passage uh, that I've been studying. And I do it every day without fail. And you think, Tom, why? And our, Tom, are you anal about this? I don't think so. I don't. I mean, um, there are obviously going to be a day or two or something out of the year when it's not going to happen. And I, I get that. I understand that. Um, sometimes this is followed up with a bike ride and some worship music, but I do this every day. And you think you're busy, you have obligations, appointments, you've got people on to meet, you have responsibilities and people asking you things. So, so let me tell you why this is important to me. In all of my life, and I've got undergrad and graduate degrees in theology and Christianity in all my life, this is the place God most often speaks to me. Right there. It's not through prepping even for a message for you. It's not through reading a commentary for me. That's the place. So if you were to go back and look at my journals, which I'm not a big journaler. I mean, I do. Sometimes I'm doing it right now because I'm just all about some Isaiah. But um, it's always Scripture in there that will speak to me. 
And so that's where I most often hear from God. And I think the people in my life that love me want me to hear from God. Second reason is this. When I'm sitting in my chair and my beautiful wife is sitting in that chair and the two of us are approaching and seeking God together, it's one of the most intimate things that happens in our home. And if one of us is being a jerk, it's really hard to stay mad when you see the jerk over there trying to find a scripture. <laughs> and in these moments, we'll share back and forth. Sometimes. Sometimes we don't talk at all. But, you know, in these moments is when I told Lisa what I confessed to you a few minutes ago. I'm feeling really low right now, hon. It was in this moment. I was in my chair. She was in her chair. Or she'll say, Tom, I just read this. What do you think that means? Or Tom... What do you think is going on with the kids? Let's have a prayer about that. Well, this is this moment. So it's important to my marriage. Um, here's the other thing. I didn't mean to, the, to do this, or at least I didn't mean to, but what we discovered was this is where our children learn how to hear from God. So our children have grown up in a home where they come out of bed and they see mom and dad in the living room hearing from God. And so now, when they're coming back from college, and it's such a strange vibe for me to see them get out of bed and get some of my coffee, and then head to the front porch, or head back to the room, because they're going to hear from God. You know what it does to a parent to know your kid is listening for God? That's the chewy chocolate center of life right there, boys. I'm telling you, that's something. And you know what? It helps me release them a little bit. And here is only the only place I have found where I'm prepared to actually lead others to hear from God. And you know what I've discovered? Is that the people in my life that really value me want me to do this. This is the most important thing I do. And they want me to stay there. Because they know I'm not perfect, but they know I'm seeking God. Fair? Jesus and his disciples having these conversations, Jesus gets more and more controversial. And when that happens, people start bailing on him. And so when they're bailing on him, he turns to 12 disciples and he says to them, you guys want to leave too? I love what Simon Peter said. He comes back at Jesus and says, Lord, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. I can't get that there anywhere else. You still don't think politicians are going to do this for us, do you? Where else are you going to get them? So if you want the voice of God and you want to know God's voice, don't wait for a crisis to know God's voice. Get the discipline going right now. And every morning when you walk away from your scripture time, you will have the full confidence that you've heard God's voice. God spoke to you. And that's his voice on the matter. Now sometimes you want to go and you want to look up a certain verse because you're struggling, whatever, and that's fine. Now let me be clear too. I'm not like writing commentaries here. Sometimes I'll read a chapter Sometimes I'll read just a few verses, and that's it. It's not every day that I get like, God is sovereign and God's trustworthy. Sometimes I get it, and I'm like, why did I just read that? 
And that's okay. That's okay. Because when I do need it, when God's voice is so important to me, I recognize it. You follow what I'm saying? Where else are you going to get the words of life? Jesus, thank you so much for these beautiful people. And I'm a high honor being able to share with them what's on my heart today. And Lord, I, I know we have a lot of folks that are in transition in this room because, man, parents are dropping kids off and students are getting ready to engage in the college life and the college career and college athletics. And this is a great time of year. And so many of them, so many of us, Lord, are making choices right now that will determine some of the trajectory of what happens over the next few years. And uh, Lord, I pray through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would help us to find the time, make the time, pick a Bible, pick a place. And we'd find ourselves learning your voice. So when you speak, when we are shook, when the parents are acting crazy, when we feel rejected by friends, tempted some way when we're discouraged or maybe when we have a big decision to make we'll know exactly how to hear from God and we'll go to our place and we'll read our scripture and we'll listen for your voice give us the words of life we pray in your name amen